0: nerds welcome back happy new year and if you're new here read the charter we got a ton to talk about today first my apologies on the holiday hiatus this is not your typical three and done sub stack so don't worry about that after some time off in december i definitely feel recharged i feel full of things to write about And with a steady stream of audio headlines like Carlos gone riding inside of audio gear in a private jet, well, audio first pretty much writes itself. And also day by day, I'm sensing audio hype and investor interest growing here. When I wrote that AirPod piece uh, back in May about why I'm paying attention to the audio space, there really wasn't much hype here at all. Now I see all the uh, Shiny VCs are uh, talking about audio on this new app called Talk Show. It's kind of like uh, Twitch, maybe, for audio. Uh, You can link up, have a little interview session, uh, both sync and async. Anyway, all this feels like a timely discussion, so let's just get right into it. Okay, the world's biggest radio station. With over 2 billion monthly users... It's no secret that YouTube is the world's largest video platform, but could it also be the number one audio platform as well? In one of my favorite submarines of the space, Alex Danko highlighted how YouTube is probably the biggest hub out there for audio. He writes, we know that music on YouTube is huge, but it's not what I'm talking about. I mean, what percentage of all YouTube content and all streaming time is content. That's mainly someone talking, saturating one single sense, your ears, and not much else important is going on. If ten percent of YouTube consumption falls into this category, and I'll bet you it's higher, that's a hundred million hours of new radio consumed every day. And yeah, clearly the scale of YouTube is bananas. You know, it's it's no secret, but I think it's often overlooked that video is consumed as a podcast equivalent or new radio, as Alex Danko calls it. And There's no hard numbers, but if it's even 10% of YouTube, it's an astronomical amount. So The 10% figure sounds pretty correct to me in my own daily workflow. I'm constantly starting videos, switching tabs just to simply listen in. Um, It's kind of that flip side to why you're seeing viral videos on Twitter and Instagram using closed captions. Sometimes you're not ready to listen, other times you're not ready for the video you know, why limit yourself if you're a meme or viral video maker? So they'll throw that kind of thing in. Um, But yeah, inside this podcast equivalent stew, there's interviews, there's news segments, comedy sets, vlogs, book readings, explainers, and how-tos. There's the radio-video hybrids like Joe Rogan or The Breakfast Club, where they're really optimizing for both formats. Uh, And there's probably other formats that I'm forgetting that are really big on YouTube, but Uh, You know, whatever those are, this spoken in your brain style audio is YouTube's bread and butter, even if people don't acknowledge it. And it's often lumped into video when it's really something like a podcast equivalent. So, even if you're looking at the traditional podcast numbers, consumption of this type of audio is just growing wildly. Data from A16Z said that 65% of weekly listeners just came online in the last three years for podcasts. It's an insane stat. And a really neat sign of the times that I saw while I was home over break was this chart from the Financial Times. And it shows pretty distinctly that publishers ebook sales are being cannibalized by the audiobook version. You can see that you know, every year for the last three or four ebooks have been declining year over year. And then, you know, f- filling that gap has been essentially all audiobooks. Now, it's no secret, this is what we're talking about here at Audio First, there's all this better hardware, software, content, as well as consumer awareness around this sort of stuff. And there's still those same demands uh, and needs with commuting and education and boredom, uh, You know, to be able to fill that amount of time with something interesting. So it's pretty hard to bet against this trend. In my mind, video screens have grown so omnipresent in our lives where sleep, is Netflix's biggest competitor, maybe, I think the wisdom might go, maybe it's audio's turn to fill in those moments where screens will never be in our lives, that is, until there's widespread augmented reality. But wait, why would audio even hold a candle to videos, which are far more captivating and information-dense? Well, as the neuro Paul Zach says, a good story is a good story from the brain's perspective whether it's audio or video or text, it's the same kind of activation in the brain. And, you know, audio has a bunch of benefits. Really, you can just, you know, carry on most of your daily life uh, while still getting that good story to your brain. Uh, It doesn't require you to, you know, look directly um, and focus. Uh, And something else that's big is there's just something deeply magnetic. Deeply human about interviews. I thought it was a really interesting. Data point that Breaker, the podcasting app, said that over half of its most popular episodes of 2019 were in this interview style. And I think everybody knows there's just certain people out there you could listen to them talk all day long. Be it you know their style, their views, their knowledge. You know, for me, that's Econ Talk with Russ Roberts. Um, you know, for others, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson. Uh, you know, Chapo Trap House, you know, all these things, you know, are out there. Everybody finds their, their little niche for this. Um, and that's the beauty of podcasting. Uh, and the beauty of audio really is that it thrives in this 70% attention realm, whether you're really focusing on walking down the subway stairs, but you could still probably handle eavesdropping in on a really stimulating discussion. And my biggest learning as an AirPod owner has been just how much 70% attention time there is to fill uh, in the day. And for this reason, I'm long, I'm bullish on distracted consumption. There's just so much of it out there. It's kind of, um, you know, it's more for the taking maybe than, than video is uh, at this point. And people slam audio as the lazy version uh, of books, or possibly even, you know, movies or discussions. And they might be right in terms of retention. I, I find myself kind of forgetting a little bit more. But there's also this chance that it's leading to never quiet minds, you know, people just kind of, you know, never really having to think their own thoughts. But I, I don't really buy these t- uh, so much as it's just people consuming more information than ever. And this just simply suits their needs. I imagine most people's calculus for consuming new radio is something along the lines of if it's not 100% critical work stuff or, you know, it's just for entertainment, why would I focus fully? I've got a million things to do, places to go. You know, that's exactly my calculus. And one of my favorite paid apps that I downloaded last year called Autumn narrates me those sprawling New Yorker pieces that I otherwise would have put down halfway through. Um, and I think, you know, part of that is just my, my own completionism, um, you know, with the super long reads. But also, I, I think it's that people just would rather have this portability and uh, ability to just jump into a track uh, of thought, you know, on demand. So to tie this all back to YouTube, the point I'm getting to here is that YouTube is sitting on a goldmine famously you cannot play videos in their mobile app with the screen locked and that's a big upsell feature for their premium level but what if you could what if they added dynamic podcast ads like spotify is soon attempting here what if youtube really made a big audio push there's really no telling how they could exploit their absolutely massive scale and the platform wars are far from over here and it's something i'm watching So one of my all-time favorite YouTube creators is Anthony Fantano, who you might know as The Needle Drop. Uh, Fantano is this masterful creator, and what he does is review albums, music albums, and he gives uh, you know, them a proper rating, um, out of, you know, one through ten, and really dives into the music side of things, which I love about him. Uh, whereas other... Outlets like Pitchfork, which is probably the most influential arbiter of taste, period. They still kind of rely on hype and you know how buzzy this band is, and you know more about you know what happens on social media uh, with them. Whereas Fantano, he talks about the music. He's in it for the music. Um, but he's done a lot of things right as a YouTube um, YouTuber. Really, he was early to the platform. He embraced esoteric musical genres. And he layers his videos with these glitches and meme absurdist jokes to keep it interesting. Uh, and this is all in addition to being a very talented reviewer of music. Uh, if I had to convert you to watch him, just listen to him talk about Denzel Curry, this uh, very hot rapper right now. Uh, just listen to him talk about his insane trap bangers, like he's defending his PhD dissertation. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah, if you're a creator in the music space, it's no secret that YouTube is probably, you know, one of the best places to start. For me, I'll watch uh, Nardwar, uh, who gets amazing interviews with uh, with artists out there. Uh, Very entertaining. I highly recommend watching that. Uh, There's also The Breakfast Club. You know, all the rappers usually come through for a 40-minute interview with them. I love the dynamic they have. They ask questions that I think you know, wouldn't fly in a lot of mainstream TV. They really poke into uh, celebrities and things like that. It's very fascinating. Um, Paul Davids is a really cool. Uh, guitar channel, uh, all about technique. Um, Tony holiday for producing on logic pro 10. You're actually uh, listening to me through the uh, editing software of logic pro um, justice Durr for gu- guitar inspiration. Um, There's Circle, is a really high-quality boiler room alternative uh, just to watch some of the best um, electronic DJs play in some of these amazing locations, highly recommend that too. Uh, There's holistic songwriting for music theory, the list goes on and on and on. But beyond being an excellent musician school, YouTube is this perfect crucible to see some of the mega trends of uh, of audio in action. Uh, One of the biggest ones here is artist discovery. So in the platform world, there's new gatekeepers in town. Um, If you get featured as an artist on Trap Nation or Chill Hop Radio, which you might know uh, for the famous lo-fi beats to study slash relax to, um, yeah, if you get put into, you know, one of those channels, you get blown up, your your music is put in front of millions of people. And I learned another really interesting model uh, of, you know, this... Gatekeeper and you know artist curation thing uh, from uh, Tony Holiday. He told me about 88 Rising. Um, it's a YouTube promoter, artist management, and record label uh, hybrid. And really, what they do is back Asian hip hop names. Um, Rich Brian, you might know, uh, fairly famous, I would say. Um, and then Joji, um, basically. Uh, Rappers from Indonesia, East Asia, um, and really, what 88 Rising's formula is is the 21st century playbook. You know, for for launching something, really, you start uh, in a curated little corner of a content platform. You build trust in a niche, and then you partner with the artists that you promote. Uh, and not shockingly, you know, 88 Rising's done this so well. They've really stuck to their guns and stayed in their lane with Asian hip hop. Um, if you read this interview, uh, that I linked, um, it's, it's fascinating. He's really all about the music first. They have their own little tastemaker section at Coachella this year. Not a big surprise. And then, you know, and what other mega trend that I think you, you know, will often come across on YouTube specifically is just the presence of Latin trap or Urbano music. Um, in 2019, 7 out of 10 of the biggest music videos belong to Latin artists. This is as of October. Uh, And in 2018, you know, the year before, the three most streamed artists on the entire platform were Ozuna, J Balvin, and Bad Bunny, um, with 8 of the 10 biggest videos considered Latin. Uh, I've seen some stats say that, you know, almost 95% of the... uh, you know, urbano Latin trap genre is stream. So, you know, that's just an another mega trend that I always uh, come across myself. Big fan of that sort of music. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just kind of remarking here in this episode of Audio First that for any artist, curator, music related creator, uh, even you know, podcast listener, YouTube is where the eyeballs and the eardrums are found. Uh, and I don't think I hear that talked about too much. Anyway, liner notes. The confusing equity triangle of Spotify with uh, Tencent Music and others in there. How Indie Went Pop and Pop Went Indie. Echoing a little something I wrote up this summer. Uh, The world's most infamous audio equipment case. And the black magic of AirPods and urban life. One of my favorite writers out there. Kneeling Bus. shout out. Uh, so yeah if you enjoy this newsletter forward it to a friend if you didn't forward it to an enemy stay tuned and keep it locked this is Nick and uh, yeah we got a lot more to write about next week please please if you're uh, you know a startup that's somewhat legit but just getting started and you might not have raised a little bit of money send uh, you know a little DM my way on Twitter I'm going to be putting together a market map imminently and then, uh, yeah, thank you to Tony Holiday for the YouTube knowledge. If you make beats, definitely give that man a follow. And uh, thanks again to supporters of the series and people who have, uh, you know, tried to keep me going and tell me that they like this. I've gotten more than enough love to feel like this is a worthy endeavor. So it's appreciated. Anyway, until next week. Talk soon.